Hopefully you brought your Bible this morning. Uh, my clock got to ticking on me this morning, and we got to move pretty fast, apparently. Uh, I get behind. Uh, some of those workers in the back said, man, I was looking for the parents to give me their kids. I was like, who's this guy speaking this morning? Anyway, uh, Pastor Matt, he'll be back with us next week. They're traveling, so pray for them as they travel home today with their kids and their dog. I told early service I'd rather preach any day than to travel eight hours with three kids and a dog. And a big camper trailer any day, right? So just be praying for them as they're traveling back. So we're in the book of Acts. We'll be in Acts 5 today. Uh, so if you want to turn there in, your, in your, your Bible, your phone, your tablet, if you don't have a Bible, there's Bibles on the back table you can use, you can keep. It's a gift from us. If you want to have a Bible or don't have a Bible, you can take it with you. Uh, so uh, the word's the most important thing we're here for this morning, Right? I mean, it's good to see people, it's good to see uh, families, it's good to be in, in fellowship, uh, and it's just good to serve the Lord in places, to welcome, and, and, and uh, all the things we do here at Wellspring, but our, the, the Word of God is the most important thing you'll, you'll have today. It's, it's, a, it's a privilege that we're able to just open this Word freely without fear of persecution, fear of being drugged out of our home, or the door shut down on the school. Uh, it's just it's a blessing to be here today. Um, so anyway, we're in Acts chapter 5. I just want to kind of make sure I back up and then move forward. It's always, that's always the good thing to always back up and recap just a little bit. Uh, we're in the book of Acts. Why are, we, why are we looking at the book of Acts? Well, as a church, especially as a new church plant, what does that look like for us going forward? Do we look like the New Testament church? Because there's a lot of places you could be meeting today. There's a lot of churches you can meet in. Uh, are they New Testament churches who takes the gospel forward? Are they from the mountaintop screaming out the, the glory of God uh, uh, for the kingdom growth. Uh, we want to be about that at Wellspring. There, we can get sidetracked here and there. We can do things that maybe um, we could have done better. But one of the things that's really in our heart is to always honor God with the things we do, the things we say, and the way we uh, grow and disciple the church. So we look at the book of Acts. That's, that's when the church was birthed, right? So Luke, this is the sequel. Luke's wrote Act. He wrote Luke and he wrote the book of Acts, and it's just that sequel saying, okay, here was, here's, what, here's what happened all the way up through the Gospels to Jesus was crucified and he was resurrected. Uh, Matt took us back to the place in Luke where he says, here, here's what I want you to do. He met with them, said, here's the things we're going to do going moving forward. The Spirit's going to come, so wait in Jerusalem, receive that Spirit. Uh, and when you're, when, you, when you're filled with that Spirit, you'll have boldness, right? We've, we know that as believers. Uh, sometimes we keep that Spirit a little bit, uh, maybe silence or push down a little bit we're not maybe as bold as we need to be but hopefully today after we hear the word and we hear the boldness of Peter and all the apostles uh, that we would maybe grow a little bit so we see Acts show up uh, the spirit shows up that's the really the overlying theme is the spirit of God now is manifest in a way that's indwelling in people's lives in their body in, in, in spiritual form and in, in, in dwelling our bodies our, our body is the temple of the Lord right this is where the Spirit lives. That's what Jesus taught them. So if we'll just right quick, hold your finger in Acts if you want to go with me to John. It'll actually be on the screen if you don't want to do that. But John 15. Uh, so we'll look at this scripture. We, we read a lot in John. We actually taught a passage out of John to abide close to this passage right here. But it talks about the Spirit, what it's supposed to do, what it's going to do. Uh, sometimes we don't talk about the Spirit a lot because we, well, we don't want to be that guy. Or we don't want to be that church. But listen, we don't, I think we don't really 
we don't honor the Spirit enough in saying, hey, this is what the Spirit of God is saying to me. This is what, when I read scriptures, this is what had testified to me. Uh, so Jesus says, his own words, he's trying to comfort them. He's talking about, here's what the world's going to do. Here's what's going to happen uh, in a few days when I'm, I'm going to be crucified. So we're going to pick up reading John uh, 15, 26. It says, but when the Helper comes, talking about the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. So he's saying, so the Spirit, his job is the Helper that's going to indwell us. He's going to bear truth about who, God, who Jesus was and what he did. He's going to remember, right? Communion. We're going to remember what he did. And it goes on to say, and, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. So Jesus has telling them up front, it's going to get hard. Everything's going to push back against you. They're going to try to kill you just like they try to kill me. They're going to persecute you. They're going to push back. I don't want you to fall away. Because the helper's going to come and he's going to testify to the things of me. And he goes on to say, they will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. So it's not like they're going to maliciously kill them. They're going to say, we're protecting this religion we have that God, this chosen people, God, we're a part of that. The Pharisees had really missed the mark. They had <clears throat> kind of made their own rules about what, who God was. They'd set up these religious activities he had, they had to do, and they had to do certain things. You had to live a certain way. Remember, Jesus came to them and said, hey, you're, you're piling things on the people that you yourself can't even stand up under, Right? And so they had all these rules and regulations. So this is so this God they're going to protect, we're going to kill anybody that says anything different. And Jesus obviously was a different guy, right? He said, no, no, no. It's like, I came to fulfill the law. I am the, the Messiah, the, the son of the living God. That just infuriated them. Why? Because they just didn't believe that that was him. Why? Because the Father hadn't opened their eyes and given them the spirit that would direct them to that good and right thing. Listen, if you're sitting here today and you're a believer, you're a follower of Christ, and you said yes and amen to him, let me tell you, Jesus did that through the Spirit. His life was testified to you through the Spirit of God. You just didn't wake up one morning and say, I want to be a good person, I want to go to church, I want to, I want to get saved. You might have said that, but the Spirit was, was drawing you to that, right? So today, if you're sitting here today, say, well, I don't even know if I'm a, I'm a believer. Well, let me tell you, if the Spirit's stirring in your heart to that that's trustworthy and true, the things that will be said about the gospel today, surrender to that, right? He's always drawing us. He's, he's moving and active and doing things. And this is what scriptures keep, if we keep reading, and they will do these things because they do not know, they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when you, the hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. Jesus wanted to remind the disciples, it's coming, and I want, to rem I want you to remember when you get there. When I get there, and I'm crucified, and I get killed, and I'm coming back. But listen, you're going to be persecuted as well. But the Helper's going to rem remind you of what I said to you today. Uh, how do we communicate with God? The Bible teaches that Spirit does that, right? That we don't even know how to pray sometimes. The Spirit intercedes for us as we approach God. And we're able to, to, to say, hey, here's, I don't really know. Sometimes we're just able to sit in silence with the Lord. That's difficult for me. I like to talk. Anybody? It's kind of hard. If you like to talk, you just want to talk all the time. But the Spirit says, man, let me talk. 
And you hear it in your spirit that, and you hear the things of God. What's he wanting you to do? How's he wanting you to do it? So this is what God's saying, listen, or Jesus is saying that when, when these people persecute you, when they, they beat you down, remember I told you they was going to do that. And that should encourage you. I don't want you falling away. And so it, it goes on to say when the people were filled with this spirit, that man, multitudes, thousands, three thousands at one time was added to the number of the people that was following in Acts. It was no longer it, it, these people that was hiding and they were scared and they wouldn't, all this crowd that was yelling at the foot of the cross crucify him, crucify him, give us Barabbas, kill Jesus. These people are kind of being silenced a little bit at this point, right? When we get in five but in two they're saying one spirit, two, there's, now they're coming to being like minded, two, 42 through 47 says they were all in one mind and one spirit, right? Amen? That's how we connect with one another. How many times you walked up to somebody and you just feel a, just immediate connection with them? Sometimes this personality you would say but I'm telling you, most of the time, it's Jesus' spirit testifying to things that, man, it's, you feel that connection. We've seen it a lot since I've been here. I didn't know any of you guys a year ago. Zero. Well, I knew Austin and Alex and my wife and Matt and Katie, but I didn't know anybody else. But as we started meeting people, God started saying, man, this is people I'm sending. This is people you need to be connected to. This is people I'm connecting to you guys, and I'm going to grow it for my glory. And so we, we feel that oneness right uh, Acts 4 uh, 32 Tino actually preached last week preached it all and got down to if you, you turn there now to Acts 5 and you'll see it on the bottom end of that that Acts scripture says uh, 432 that, that all the people they just had their man it was just the number of those who believed were one heart one soul and they said that anything that they had they didn't, didn't belong to them even their lives man are we those kind of people they would even today say, man, I've offered my life to the Lord. I don't count my life mine anymore. I count it his for his kingdom work, for his glory, for his, his uh, uh, a place where we would just glorify him with our lives. Is that you today? Or do we say, he's, he's our saving God. He's our God when we really get in a jam. And the rest of this, I'm just going to kind of navigate through. Uh, because the disciples had been trying to do that, Right? As we watched them all the way before the Spirit really changed them, they had boldness and they had no fear. They had been trying to live in their own strength as doing their own thing. They were saying, yes, I see you, Jesus. Yes, I know. And a lot of us, we do this all the time. We sit in a place like this and we'll nod our head and, and even say amen. But our lives are really not like that. In my, in my mind, I remember sitting as a young Christian, probably even before salvation, I would say, I'd like my life to be like that. I agree with that. That's a good word. I want to do that. But I would just leave and I would just never... I never would do that until I really realized, like, man, what does God want from me? And this is what we're going to try to see today. What is God doing? The scene is all set for the, all the people. All the church is starting to grow and blow up, and it's starting to do great things. And we're going to pick them up in chapter 5. Almost from the spirit to all the, now this is, could be weeks, it could be months. All the people's gathering from synagogues and the homes. And they're, they're just they're enjoying life. And they're preaching the gospel. They're all talking about what? This one man named Jesus that all the religious world crucified and hated. So we pick up in chapter 5. We see, and I'm not, I don't want to spend a lot of time here because <clears throat> I ran out of time early. So I probably ran out of time this afternoon. So, but y'all don't care. Y'all don't really have any place to go, do you? <clears throat> that laughter meant yes. Okay, so. Anyway, so we see Ananias and, and Sapphira. Here's what they did. Husband and wife team. They, the, it says, 
that everybody was one in one, one mind, one spirit. They didn't count anything themselves. They just all in unity. They was all unified, one purpose, one goal, to edify and glorify God, right? These people rose up to this place where people were laying things at the apostles' feet and saying, hey, just drill them however you want to. We just want to help people. And it's kind of, they come, they said, we sold this land, and we're going to give it to the Lord. And Peter says, well, did you give it all? Yes, yes, 100%. We're giving it to He just dropped dead. And which should have been husband and wife team. They should have talked about this before they got there. But the wife shows up a little later, says it verbatim, the same story. Peter said, are you sure? Because we're the people that just hauled your husband out here. They ain't even got back yet. But they're about to come back and pick you up. And say, like, oh, yeah, 100%. Got that. You picked, buried them both. That was an unusual hard scripture we see in the Bible. What does this even mean? And for me, it's like, well, does that mean you disobey God? It kills you? Well, I'm certainly glad that that's not, didn't happen to me because there's many, many days that I've disobeyed God. Even lied to the Spirit, as the scripture said, right? How many of us have said, oh, if you just get me out of this jam, I'll do this? Anybody? And then what happens? You get out of that jam. <laughs> Woo. Right? We forget all those things. So that's, that's kind of what was happening here. So that scripture really, if we, if we look at the scripture now, let's look at 5. And let's start in verse 12. So here, here's what it says in this little, this little section of scripture. It says, well, if we back up to 5.11, it says, And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. What things? That these two people dropped dead. That, yes, but all the things that was going on. So the they just got okay, but what it says in 12. Now, many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people uh, by the hands of the apostles. And they were all together at Solomon's portico. So they're under this long porch. They're just preaching and teaching. They're kind of gather, outside gathering, if you would. Have a lot of that in the China Spring, uh, Waco area, especially the outside things. And this is what was going on. They're preaching and teaching things of Jesus. People are gathering. They're listening. They're hearing. They're being changed by it. And it says, none of the, of the rest dared to join them because the people held uh, them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. So they were, <clears throat> so they were even uh, carried out the sick unto the streets and laid them on cots and mats. As Peter came by, at least his shadow would fall on some of them. Well, that was an unusual working of the Spirit, wasn't it? If you read the Bible much, and I know you have, the Bible talks about many, many places people were being healed. Not all, but this, if you keep reading in the scripture, it says, man, it, it came to them, they carried them out just, just so they get on the shadow. It says, the people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick to uh, those af af afflicted with the unclean spirits, and they were all healed. That would almost think you like, man, I want to get close to Peter, Right? But what did Peter say many, many times? Don't look at me. Look at Jesus. He's the one. And we see it as they start to teach it later on. They'll actually start to, to preach and teach the things of, of, of God on everything, on every side. But as this grew and as, the, as this was happening, can you imagine? Get the scene. You've got to get in the narrative. You've got to get in the storyline. You've got to see it. Just almost see the dust and just feel, the, feel where they're at in Jerusalem and all that's going on. Everybody's excited about Jesus. It's a little bit like when you come plant a church in China Spring. Everybody kind of gets excited about Jesus. The church grows pretty fast. It, it really bucks up real quick or bulks up, you know, people coming. We don't want that to just be a, a phase or, or something that's, oh, it's new. Let's go do that. 
There might have been some people doing that there. There might have been some people that does that here. But we want to be a church that, man, we just want to proclaim the glory of the Lord. And your spirit changes you. The spirit of God changes you. Not words that's informational, but the words that's transformational, right? There's a difference in that. So the spirit was transforming these people. And look what it says in 17. Look back down at your Bible, 517. But the high priest rose up. So here's the religious leaders watching this again. Everything's happening. Now they're kind of back in quarters. They're talking about it. It says, now they, all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, the, the smart people in that time that called themselves religious people who love God, love Jehovah God, right? This, this group of people, it says, all, they were all filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in public prison. But during the night, the angel of the Lord opened the prison's doors and brought them out and said, Go and send them to the temple and speak to the people all the words of life. So we see another miraculous thing happen, right? This, all the religious people finally said, You know, these guys are putting a damper on everything in our attendance, right? They're, nobody's coming in, into the synagogues no more to hear us. They're all standing out under this portico and they're just listening to these guys talk about this Jesus that they're really saying we killed and it's making us look bad and we don't want that because listen our following's going down maybe if they had Twitter this time but Twitter followers are falling off or nobody's you know liking or sharing or any of this stuff so they're kind of falling down their ratings and so they said we got to get these guys and we got to get make them be quiet but look what it says in the scriptures when they brought them in it says they brought them in locked them up and and but the angel of the Lord said go and teach again and they just went and did it again. And I just ask you, what does your life look like when hard times come? What happens to you when it feels like you're walking in the Spirit, you're walking with the Lord, you're doing things, and, and something bad happens? It could be a loss. It could be death. It could be uh, health problems. It could be family issues. It could be a marital strife. It could be your children. Anybody said children knows that's a, always a strife some, sometimes, you know. Not all of them has halos. I know most of y'all do, but my kids give us a little trouble every now and again. And it's, and, but when that happened, what happened? We, just, we, in our life with the Lord, we'd say, oh, let's, let's figure this out. Let's start praying. Let's start f- figuring out what God's don't here. And this is exactly what the disciples did. They didn't, they didn't shut down or quit. They didn't do anything uh, like that. Uh, they actually ran to the Lord. So let's pick up again uh, five. And let's drop into uh, all the way down to, uh, oh, I, I, let me make sure I finish this on 20. It says, in the tw- end of 21, that's where I want to pick up again, 521, at the end of that. It says, now when the high priest came and those who were with him called him together in the council and all, this, all the senate uh, of the people of Israel, and they sent them to prison, uh, had brought them out. It says, but the, when the officers uh, came to them and did not find them in prison, so they returned and reported Listen, so they locked them up. They went to see who they were. They came said, they're not there. They come back and they report it. It says, it says, but when the officers came, they did not find them in their prison. When they found them, what were they doing? Drop down in 27 or 26. It says, someone came and told them, look, the men whom you are put in prison are standing in the temple teaching the people. Right? They didn't quit. They got locked up. Angel of the Lord said, go, let's do this again. So they start teaching again. This is, the, this is what the book of the Acts is about. It's about the people with boldness. It's about the people that found heartache, it found hardship, it found persecution. We don't find that today in the church, I'm telling you. There are churches that are doing that in, in, in countries that not like America, though. There is persecution still in the church. 
uh, we'd call persecution if, if somebody don't like us or they called us a, a Bible thumper if we said something about Jesus and so they hurt our feelings and so that's persecution. That's what it looks like for us. Um, maybe we're fell on hard times or something. We feel like that's, well, well, I don't know. Anyway, it says 24, it says, Now the captain of the temple said the chief priest for those words, I jumped back up and said they, they were perplexed about this, wondering what, what this would come to. So they were trying to figure out, what will this come to? We lock them up, we beat them. They go back to teaching. We lock them up. We don't even beat them. We just lock them up, and they're, now they're gone. The, the doors are still locked, but they're out preaching in the temple. Like, what are we going to do with these guys? And so they brought them back in. Listen, it says, the captain of the officers went and brought them in, but not by force because they were afraid they would uh, be stoned by the people. I think that's really funny, right? Before they were in charge and they were stoning people and dragging people and killing people and, and, and everybody was scattering that was following Jesus, right? Even the apostles, even the, all the disciples, they, they were scattered, right? But now they're walking with boldness and the religious people are kind of standing back. But they didn't want to do anything by force. They just said, hey, guys, come go with us, right? Because they didn't want the people to rear up. Why? Because there's five, six, seven, eight thousand, I don't know, maybe tens of thousands of people now of the way. The scripture says right there, the life, the things of Jesus, the following of Jesus, they had boldness. They were no longer scared of the religious people. They were no longer afraid to go talk to a neighbor across the street. They were no longer scared to talk about it in the workplace. They were no longer scared to talk about it in their family gatherings because they had boldness. And it says when they, when they, they want to figure out what the... What would come of them, it says in 25, and then someone came to them and told, look, there they are. They're preaching and teaching. 27, they brought them out. This is what they said in 8. We strictly charge you not to teach in the name, in this name. Yet here you are, filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you have intended to bring this man's blood upon us. So one of their biggest beefs were, you're blaming us for killing this man named Jesus that actually you say is alive. You're saying we killed him. You're trying to put that blood on us. Can you just stop doing that? Can you at least quit putting the blame on us for this crucifixion? Can you at least stop doing that? And this is, look what they said. I think this is super important. In 29, but Peter, the apostle, and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than man. And listen, when we, when we get our mindset, we're going to obey God. And we're not going to obey man. We're not going to let the fear of men push us and drive us in the things we do. We're going to obey God. Then, then we'll be in a place where really the Spirit will start to take us to different places with God. He'll bring us in a different walk with God. He'll bring us in and teach us some things about God that we never really knew. Listen, you're only going to know God as you're saving God your salvific God, if you would, if you don't grow in him. If you're never put into trials, if you're never put into persecution, if you're never really pushed against in the things of life, if hardship don't fall on you. A lot of times we ask, why, why, why are you doing this, God? Why are you doing this to me? Why can't I get a break? Why can't I catch this? Why, why has this got to happen to my family? Right? Martin Luther, uh, as a quote, I love just quoting the things that Martin Luther said. He just, they're just like just wise sayings. And you can Google his things, what some of these uh, sayings. But uh, he says this, Martin Luther, and I quote, Satan tempts us to interpret God through the grid of our circumstances. So what does that mean? So 
who is God to you today? I tell you, your circumstances will usually draw a picture of who God is to you today. That's what we do. Well, he's a, he doesn't like me, God. He's not a loving God because I feel alone. I feel betrayed, so he's a betraying God. He's not a, a God of always with you because I, I don't feel him today. Um, maybe some tragedy struck in your family and you see God as a mean God. Maybe you see God that's a distant God. Uh, had a young lady that was a good, well, it's Matt's sister-in-law, actually. She grew up in her youth, went through the ministry, went, went off to school, won't name the school, went to the school. And, the, and this is what the professor at a Christian college said to her. God's, God is, doesn't care what goes on right now. God, uh, he brought Jesus when, when Jesus was crucified and the church started, God just, he's, he's disconnected at this point. And one day he'll come back and he'll be connected again and he'll set all things right. Isn't that the craziest thing you've heard in your life? Because let me just tell you, God is right here with us. Acts teaches us that. In 17, our, that spirit that lives in us, this gospel message that, that the apostles were preaching and teaching, God is with us, is... is it's what we live by. So uh, to finish up this, this uh, quote by Martin Luther, it says that Satan tempts us to, uh, to look at God through uh, our circumstances, through the grid of our circumstances, to view God through that. This is what Martin Luther said. I encourage you to interpret our circumstances through the grid of the cross. And this is what Jesus was trying to say to the disciples. Listen, remember what I told you. I, I don't have a good memory anymore. At 50, I don't, some switch got turned off. 55 even got worse. My memory's not so good anymore. So, man, it's good to be in these situations where we read the Bible and I can remember what God's doing. Anybody been told something how good God is and you forget it right in the middle of something? Something bad? God's always a good God in good times, right? He's always a bad God in bad times, right? But he's not. We're, we're just not drawn in close to the Spirit. And so when we look at the scriptures, what does the scriptures teach us? Look what they said in 30. The God of our forefathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at the right hand of the leader as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom, you, whom God has given those who obey him. For the first time, they're given prompts of the Spirit. I see it now. And why? Not because I'm a smart person. Because this is what all the religious people says. Man, I studied under the greatest, the best of the best. I went to the best seminary. I went to the best colleges. I sat with the, the smartest people I could get around me. I put around me. And that's the reason why I know these things. But the, the apostles didn't say that at this point, did they? What are they saying? The Spirit said this to me. The Spirit testified that this is right. He's reminding them now. Remember, huh? right now, Jesus is reminding you, right? And so he says, man, this person that y'all killed is now alive. And he's doing these great things. And listen, in 39, 33, and, and there's just a lot of scripture here. And I'm going to move through these scriptures, uh, this storyline pretty quick right here. From 33 all the way down to about 40. It says... It, it, well, all the way to 38. It says the storyline goes like this. They said that all the 
all the priests and the high priests and the Pharisees and Sadducees, they all gather and the council gather and they said, what are we going to do with these people? How will we respond to these people? And Galamia came in and this is what he said. He was, he was one of the smart guys, right? He came in and he says, listen, this is the things I need to tell you. It, 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 you, you remember, Theodos, he came in and he had all these people that followed him. And they were, man, they had this great showing. They, they bulked up in numbers and they started saying these things. But remember when he died? They just went away. We don't even see him anymore. And then you remember, the, again, a guy came along and he rose up and he had all these following. And when he died, guess what happened? Disappeared. And this is what he said to him: You need to leave these guys alone. And let's pick it up again in 38. That's what Galilee said to them. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking of man, so he wasn't sure, right? Find out if it's from man or we're going to find out if it's from God, right? He said, but if it's from man, it will fail. But it's of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. It says, it goes on to say, so they took his advice. And when they had called the apostles in, they, one more time, beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus. And they let them go. And man, I'll tell you, there's, <laughs> this, is, this is who we are. We're the, the Acts 29 people. I know we're a part of the Acts 29 church planning network, but that's not even what I'm talking about. This book, Acts, it, it falls through. We'll see the next couple of Really, the next couple of chapters is going to set up the church and what it looked like. How they set up some, some, uh, some uh, elders and how they set up some uh, deacons and how they started structuring their church. And, and they had all these churches kind of setting in different places in the community and outside of Jerusalem. It started growing. It started blowing up. and they started set, So we'll see that in the next. And then we'll see Paul come on the scene, right? We'll see Paul come on the scene and guess what happened? The Spirit of God just blinds him. And he's led to Ananias, and Ananias tells him the gospel, and guess what happens? The Spirit un- opens his eyes to it. And we're, that's why we're all saved, right? This gospel message of Jesus, what did Jesus do? He came in the form of man, a form of God, uh, or come from God in the form of man. He walked perfectly. And he died sacrificially for me and you, for the sins of the world. And the and Bible says, yet while we're sinners, sinners Christ died for us. Man, and I don't even know where you are today. Do you know this, Lord? Do you know this Savior? I think some probably is a crowd this big. I would probably some in here don't know him. Probably never really surrendered your life. You've, you've heard the knowledge of it. You've heard and you've nodded your head to it, right? You, you ever notice that when you sit in a group of people and you're talking about something, they're nodding their head, but then they kind of move off away from that group and they're like, I don't even know what he's talking about. That happens a lot. Here's what I'm telling you today. If you say today, man, Brent, I don't even know if I am a believer. How how does that work? Here's what I'm telling you. The Spirit of God is drawing your heart to him. That's that's why you sit here today. It just is. There has been a day I had enough pride and arrogance to think, I'm my own man. I'm going to do my own thing. I decide when I do this. I decide when I do that. I decide when I get saved. I decide if I want to walk faithfully with God or if I want to do whatever I want to do. If he's God, he still loves me. He'll sit there, right? See how arrogant that was? But God's pursuing you today. He's got his spirit drawing your hearts. And maybe today you said, man, I really never heard it that way. Maybe I never really heard that God loves me. He sees me through Jesus. Do you, or do you feel holy and righteous today? Perfect? 
Because that's the way God sees you. He sees you through the shed blood of Jesus. Man, if we stand on our own merit, guess what? We all deserve hell. But Jesus came. And he died. But not only did he die, there's a lot of people died on the cross. Guess what? They're, that's what they were preaching. And that's what we preach as, as, a, as a church that's taking the gospel forward. He was resurrected. His resurrection power gave him the authority, the name above all names, according to 1 Corinthians, that he sits now with God. And what happens when we pray? What happens? He says he intercedes for us. How do we know what to pray? Well, it says that spirit, that third person of, of the God, that trinity, that triune God, is directing our hearts to pray. And Jesus is interceding for us. And when God looks at us, he sees you perfect today. Somebody might be bold enough to say, I feel perfect today. And there's been days that I've really felt really close to the Lord. And I felt today I've really sinned a whole lot less than I ever have. And I feel really close to God and almost, almost perfect. I can't get there yet to say I'm perfect. But God sees you that way. Why? Because of Jesus. This is the message that he's preaching. And the, all, the, all the religious rulers are saying, no. you got to do all one, two, three, A, B, C, and the disciples say, no, all you got to turn is, is surrender your life to this, this Messiah, this, the Son of God. He's the only way for forgiveness of sins, right? And what are we taught in our culture today? Anybody works outside the home? I know, and I say that outside the home because, hey, if you're a stay-at-home mom, that's a job, 100%. But if you're outside the home working in, in, in any place, they're, they're, now they're starting to, they have training courses, right? What are they training you to do? know how to treat people so this group of people says this you this is how you respond to that you don't say anything be offensive to them and so you go through all these courses so you know how to speak to people properly listen this word is offensive if you really preach and teach it the way it is in the in the in pages of it isn't it do we boldly proclaim the lord have you been filled with the spirit is your mouth that mouthpiece for god I mean, that's why we're here. That's why we're studying this book. Because we, we want you to be a person, not to sit quietly and silently. We want you to be a person who pursues God fiercely. Who would pursue God with all your life. And, and, and listen, let's, let's read this last part of this scripture. 41. Right after they beat him, says, okay, go. And don't, don't, please don't say this again. Because... You're just, you're just making, just, if you just stop, it'll be okay. I'll stop beating you. We'll stop putting you in prison. Here's what he says. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. Do you ever say that in your life? Have you ever had something hard to come in your life and say, thank you, Jesus. I, thank you for finding me worthy enough. To suffer for your namesake. I mean how do we think we escape it? <laughs> Jesus suffered. Right? The, all the disciples suffered. The church was persecuted. It was scattered. Why? Because of persecution. If you read it the Bible. And you read it through the lenses of the gospel. And through the, the leading of the spirit. The spirit will tell you. Hey you're going to have hardship. So today I don't know what's going on in our lives. I don't know what's in all in y'all's life. Maybe hardship, maybe hurt, maybe pain, maybe a lot of, but let me just tell you, God sees you. And Jesus died for that too. 
And he's doing something. Don't ask why. Why are you doing this to me? Why can't I catch a break? Why, why can't I be that person? Why can't I be this person, right? Why can't I be first, Jesus? Right? right? But here's, here's what you need to start saying, being led by the Spirit. What are you doing in me, God? What are you, what are you trying to show me? I, I don't like where I'm at. Is, is it things that I'm doing? Is there sin in my life? Is there in my blind spot that I don't see? I tell you, I think there's. I think we do that a lot. We just we have things in our life we ain't really brought before the Lord. Like God, like as David said in fifty one, right? You know, search me, know me, <laughs> help me to see me, and in spirit testify me who I am. Is there anything that's keeping me away from you, God? Or are you just doing something in me that helps helps me to see you? I said earlier, you only see God as your God, your saving God, if you've never been put to the fire or you've never been brought to You just know him differently, right? Suffer loss, and you'll find him as a God who will comfort you in grief. Have a bad report from the doctor and something went wrong. You'll find him a God that will give you peace and comfort during that time. Because this is what these people were doing. It says, man, they found it a joy to suffer. And it says, look what they said. Not, not did they just go, you know what, let's just, let's, let's just kind of pipe it down. Let's move outside the city so they'll just be quiet leave us alone. Look what they said. And every day in the temple and from the house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is Jesus. So who are you today? Who are you with Christ? Are you a follower yet? Have you took that, have you took that step? And again... I don't want that to sound like we do something our salvation. Because let me just tell you, I would there would have been a day I would have said, "Oh, don't leave here today," because today's the day of salvation. If you leave here today, I mean, you could die, and you know, you know what the end results would be if you don't know Him. But here's what I'm telling you: today is a good day to surrender your life to Christ. Why? Because Jesus is going to keep pursuing you. If He's pursuing you and drawing your heart to Him, and He's saying, "Yes, that was you heard the word." Yes, and. Amen to this word that was just preached about Jesus who died for your sins. You're, you're going to stand before God one day and you're going, what are you going to say? Well, I tried. Well, the churches were all mean to me. Well, I didn't really like the music. I didn't like the preacher. I didn't, I, the school was kind of weird. I don't know. It's not going to be any of that. You're going to say, Jesus, that's always the answer. Here, I don't know. I, I get in because of Jesus. And that's the only answer. And let me just tell you, God's going to keep pursuing you. The Spirit's going to keep drawing you. And you'll feel a little push. You'll, you might even feel a little push. Like, I'm not going back. I felt weird. I don't know. That's the Spirit. But he won't quit pursuing you. I wish I had time, but that clock's running me down to tell you the story of a man who was laying on his deathbed. I guess I'm going to tell you the story. I did hospice care for a while. I told some of y'all some of this story. But this man was laying on his deathbed, wanted me to come out and see him. In my mind, I'm a guy who's like, well, God's going to say who he's going to save. I, just, I, I, I know he uses us as a mouthpiece. Like, man, I don't know. I just, I'll go out. I didn't really want to because there's a lot of things going on in that house. But I go out, and this guy was very aggressive. He said curse words. He said hateful things. It's almost like, why are you here? So I just started presenting the gospel and, hey, you know, God said he created heavens and earth and all people in. Do you believe that? And he literally said to me, is this a 20-question quiz? What? I don't know. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. And, and seriously, this is how dark my heart is and how I got in the flesh. I was like, you know what, bro, you're about to die. So it's up to <laughs> By all means, go ahead, you know. It's like, well, you know what? And it's just like the Spirit of God said, I don't let him off that easy. Like, what's he going to do? He can't even get out the bed, you know, right? He's got to listen. And so I said, let me start over with you, Mr. Kenneth. And I said, let me just tell you, God created the heavens and earth, all things in it. Whether you believe that or not, 
And you don't even have to say a word. I just want you to listen at this point. I shared the gospel, how God started redeeming his people in Genesis 3. All the way through, he tried to lead his people to the promised land, but they were bitter. They'd run. they pushed. They didn't surrender. They pushed back, pushed back. And I said, and that's what you've done all your life, Mr. Kenneth. And where you believe it or not, that's what you've done. You pushed back against that. But the Bible says that one day you'll stand before God, and you're going to give an account for your life. And the only thing that's going to be a good answer is that I gave my life to Christ. And the Bible says that we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. And the Bible says also in Romans, it tests this to us, but God... While we're still sinners, Christ died for us. And you can believe that or not, Mr. Kenneth. But the Bible says that when he died for us, he redeemed us. And he says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ raised him from the dead, that you shall be saved. And I stood there for a minute. He just is looking at the ceiling. I'm like, wow, that fell on deaf ears. For real. It's like, she had a, he had a niece there, and she's over here praying, had the word out. She's praying. It's like, that's good. But it's like, that's sad. This guy's about to die. He's going to go to hell forever. I said, well, Mr. Kenneth, is there anything else I can do for you? I was, you know, it's, it's all, what are you supposed to do? And literally, tears started creaking down his cheek like that. He said, I think I need to be saved. And man, it just took me a minute, right? It's like, okay. And I was still in that prideful, arrogant what makes you think you need to be saved, Mr. Kenneth? And this is literally what he said to me. According to what you just read to me out of that Bible, I need to be saved. And I, at that moment, I realized this is where the, the free will of man, but the sovereignty of God, and us as people has been told to take the gospels to the end of the world. We don't save people. We make disciples. How do we make disciples? We proclaim the things of Jesus. We say, this is what Jesus did. You say, I hear a lot of people, well, I can't talk about Jesus. I don't know enough. I, I just don't know enough, Brent. I don't know what to say. Tell them about what Jesus did in your life. That's, that's the only thing you do. It's just a simple present. And guess what happened? The Spirit redeemed his, Mr. Kenneth's spirit just like that. Man was saved just like that. I said, okay. Would you like to pray? He said, well, I'm not very good at it. I don't know that I've ever done it. I said, how about you, I'll pray with you. He said, okay. Got down him and his niece, we prayed. <laughs> Gave his life to Christ. That was a Friday morning, Friday afternoon. They said he quit speaking. Saturday morning he died. And I got a call from his, his son. They were both named Kenneth. He called me. He said, I don't know you, you don't know me, but would you come preach my, my daddy's funeral? And I was like, I don't know him. What? How? You know? What? I don't know. Sure. You know, that's only, what are you supposed to say? So guess what happened? <laughs> I shared the gospel one more time to all the people that listened. I don't know if they were believers or not. But it didn't matter because that story allowed me to see Jesus in a different way. How? The, the saving. I knew that he was the saving God, but I never seen the Spirit really rescue somebody like that off the deathbed. I never seen that. It was always almost like you need to be saved, you need to start to go to church, you need to be baptized, you need to do all these things, but it wasn't. You're talking about sanctified, right? You're saved Friday morning, you die Saturday morning, you're in heaven fully known by God and know God fully. That's, that's, that's awesome. And praise God that Jesus didn't stop pursuing Mr. Kenneth. <laughs> and praise God that I wasn't so hard-headed enough that I was like, all right, see you later. I get paid either way, right? I know that sounds horrible, but that was just my heart at that moment. But God saved him. 
And it says, man, day to day, house to house, they proclaim Jesus. You have a card in your seat. And in that card, you can write down prayer requests. You can write down uh, things you say, man, be glad when Matt's back and Brent's out. They can do that. <laughs> and that'd be fine. You can do that. You, you can write on there, hey, I need to be saved. I'll be here for a while. You can get in touch with us. If you're new with us this morning, please put your name, your number, and an email. So we'll get back with you. We'll just get to know you. You get to know who we are. Uh, maybe this is a place God's drawing you. But there's a place on there. If you don't know Christ, you can check that box. And that's the most important box you'll check. And I'll say, you can leave here without him today, but he's not going to stop pursuing you. Because he says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I'll pursue you like a lost sheep into the day that you surrendered that life, even if it's on a deathbed. Amen. So let's pray and see what God's doing in your life and what he said to you this morning through the Spirit that would draw you in. So God, we thank you. We thank you for a time to come. We thank you for a place to be able to worship you in freedom, without fear, without really persecution. Um, God, if there's ever an easy place to be a Christian, it's in America. Sometimes that's a stumbling block to us because we find it so easy that we don't really fiercely pursue you. And so, God, as we, if we spend some time in this last song just hearing from you, and Spirit, if you'll direct our hearts to the things that you want us to do, may we be obedient. Because just as Peter was wise enough to say, the Scriptures has taught us that the Spirit would lead us to those who Lead us through life to those who obey you, God. And so I pray today obedience is, uh, is, leads to salvation. I pray obedience leads to a life that would be more in tune with you and a life that would lay fear down and, and a life uh, of obedience that would just help us to grow as believers. Thank you for the hard times. Thank you for pushing us. Thank you for loving us, Jesus. Thank you for your life and death and this gospel message that keeps us, keeps us going. And it will through all eternity. We love you, Jesus. Your name. Amen.